In three, two, one, go coach. (laughs) Buckle up, everybody. Grab your popcorn and get settled in. Because if you're waiting for some medium sports information, that's what we're bringing. Let's go! Awesome, everybody. That's the second intro of the night, and they have both been top notch. So, <laughs> fantastic. A little bit of technical difficulties in our first try, but uh, great work, uh, Maestro, keeping the energy up. And, and coach, your first intro, I thought it went uh, pretty well. I'll give you a C minus. Thank you. I'll take us. Oh. That's passing. Jeez, a C minus. Harsh, harsh, Just like sandpaper. Hello, everybody. I'm Pete Brown, and this is Sports Wednesday, Sports Talk for the Medium Fan. I'm the big man on campus, and joining me from the only David Blatt-themed putt-putt course in the United States, <laughs> it's the coach, basketball legend, Matt Longley. How are you, coach? Pretty good. I just got a hole-in-one through the Blatt Tunnel. <laughs> Next is All the right. Blatt Hole. <laughs> and he's raising the temperature at Hake House Basement with his sick guitar licks. It's the maestro, Brian Hake. How are you, maestro? I'm real, uh, real excited to open my gift. Very good. Yeah, that's uh, that's coming up later in the show. We'll get to that. I noticed, uh, Maestro, you put Terry Bradshaw in for your username tonight. Are you feeling a little nostalgic for the Stillers? I'm always feeling nostalgic for the Stillers. I'm nice. Nice. Well, a big show tonight, uh, and in a first for us, we have a guest on the show. Now we had tried this once before. We had. We had <laughs> We had booked a guest and it didn't work out because uh, the, the technology failed me or I failed using the technology. But uh, we got this one done. We recorded the interview last night. So we're going to have a football analyst, Cole Medvek, joining us in the second act to talk about the um, NFL draft. It's, it's a good one. It, it is a good one. Uh, I listened to it today. It's pretty good. Coach, I just I basically cut all of your questions out because they made no sense. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, okay. yeah you just don't so, like good insight. That's fine. So, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at Sport Wednesday. That's S-P-O-R-T Wednesday. Uh, or on Instagram at Sports Wednesday, which is the actual name of the show. I have not checked our Instagram followers lately, but we're approaching 500 on Twitter. That's going to be a big celebration. We're at 470 today, and I'm going to go ahead and call it and say we break 500. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Yes. Next week, we make a 500. All right, so how about a little social media music? Social media. <laughs> just made that just made that one up, can't you tell? Well, that was pretty good. Was, the maestro, he was he was logged in early tonight practicing and he sounds great, I'll tell you what. Oh, he's got it dialed in. He sure does. Let's uh let's Jump into the playoffs, though. We've been leading off the show the last few weeks talking about the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, it took them seven games to beat the Indiana Pacers, but beat them they did. And they are right now losing to the Raptors? By three. By three. About four minutes left in the game. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, what do you what do you think about this Cavs-Raptors matchup there, Coach? Well, I mean, like when I said uh, for the Indiana Pacers game we had a matchup problem, I don't feel that for this. Um, they match up real well with the with the Raptors, and it's showing tonight as they're going tit for tat with them. They're both very athletic, long teams. 
Um, they both like to run up and down when they want to. They're very sporadic and uh, streaky with their three-point shots, which is shown tonight where Toronto opened with a 62% shooting percentage and then the Cavs followed. Uh, I think they came back with a 65% in one quarter. So, I mean, it, it, it goes they, – they like to, to run in streaks. So, um, I like this matchup. This is much better for the Cavs than it was for the Pacers. Yeah, didn't seem to be a whole lot of defense being played tonight, but the no. Cavs had they were down by 10 for for most of the game. They've just closed it. Uh, they pulled within 3 right at the end of the third quarter on some great shooting by Kyle Korver. He's stepped up right now. He's got 16 points. Um LeBron James at 22 points. Valen, I want to talk about Jonas Valanciunas because it seemed like when he was on the court and Tristan Thompson was not on the court, the Raptors had an advantage. And then when we brought Thompson in, uh, it seemed to even that out. Yeah, and they talked to the coach too. They, I think it was in between the third and the fourth quarter, and they were talking about what was the difference. And they said, well, wh- whenever the Cavs go small, they brought him in, and then they started going like old school and trying to put it in the post, and it was working like a charm. Um, so that's definitely some uh, strategery that they're playing against each other and trying to get that guy some minutes. Very good. Yeah, and so, I should. So wait. Go ahead. So so Toronto has a basketball team. <laughs> Right. Just like Jacksonville has a football team. Isn't that a hockey town? <laughs> nice. Uh, you, you guys might not remember this, but there was a, a period of time, it might have been the late 70s or early 80s, when Ted Stepien owned the Cavs and he wanted to move them to Toronto and they were going to be called the Toronto Towers. Oh, the and, Towers. Uh, yeah, somehow the, the city leaders in Cleveland convinced him to stay. Thank you, city leaders. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. You can take that to the bank. What's your prediction for it there? I, I say six games, Cavs. I think they're going to split it. They're oh. going to split these two. Um, and then um, I think they're going to take them all at home and then win one there. So It's a trap. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, I was going to say 4-2. Four 4-2 two. Four two Cavs. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to say it's go seven just because, uh, you know, I did not think the the Pacers were going to take them seven despite their matchup problem with Victor Home Depot. <laughs> um, I, it's so interesting because I, I don't even know what lineup works great for the Cavs anymore. No. I think, I think Ty Lue just keeps throwing them out there till he finds something that clicks. Well, and he's he, he, tonight he's, he's getting a lot more production from the new guys too. I mean, he's got some – I mean, I have to say this because – it makes me somewhat validated because as I'm watching and I never watched the halftime show and I'm watching Charles Barkley and Shaquille and Charles Barkley is kind of angry. And he goes, I don't know what LeBron thinks he's doing when he stands there and he has four, four guys standing around and watching him. That just doesn't work. He goes, he's got some talented basketball players on his team. He needs to pass the ball, move the ball around and play basketball. And I, almost, I wanted to go through the TV and hug him and kiss him because I'm like, yes, that's what I've been saying for so many years. Was Thank that you. your Charles? Was that your Charles Barkley impression? No, I didn't. If I, I have to work on Charles Barkley, because yeah. that, that that impression was terrible. <laughs> nice. That was pretty good. A lot of people make fun of uh, Shaq for his commentary, but I was watching him earlier this year, and he said, uh, "Hey, uh, the Cavs don't play defense." And he was right. <laughs> He's very right. So. Uh, okay, well, this game's still within three points. Maybe the Cavs will pull it out. Maybe not. We'll know before we're done recording tonight. How about other other matchups in round two? 
So Celtics are playing the Sixers, and then in, we've got Golden State is playing Utah. Is that yes. correct? No, Golden State New is Orleans. Golden State's New playing uh, New Orleans. And then Houston's yeah. playing Utah. I gotcha. So which one of these is a really compelling series that, that we should watch? I kind of like the uh, the Jazz Rockets. I, I Yeah. I, I just think the Jazz are pretty interesting. I think they're the most interesting team in the playoffs right now, at least – Yep. From my perspective, my weird perspective, but. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think the Rockets will win, but I just think that that series has got some. Uh, yes, sir. It's got some mojo behind it. You like the mojo. I mean, they, the rap, uh, excuse me, the, the Jazz do have a lot of young players. I mean, they basically um, unloaded a lot of their, they weren't supposed to compete this year, um, but they they definitely are. I, I don't see that series as compelling. I, I really see nothing in the West compelling at all. I would say. Um, I, the Sixers in, in Celtics is interesting to me only because you've got the Celtics, uh, Celtics that are basically playing like scratch them, drag it out. Everybody keeps getting your hurt, but Brad Stevens keeps coaching his, his ass off and they keep winning. And the Sixers are this young kind of cocky team. And now they got punched in the face in game one. Can they handle a series if it went seven? I, I don't know if they can. And I'd kind of like to see it. Coach, I, I suspect that Brad Stevens is starting to enter Tom Izzo, Tom Brady territory for he's, you. He's getting close. <laughs> he's, he's getting very close. I do love me some Brad Stevens. <laughs> uh, very good. Let's move on to hockey there, Maestro. I, I know the uh, Pens and the Caps are now – now the Caps are leading 2-1. to one. They won 4-3 to three in their last game. Yep. Nashville and Winnipeg, that, that series is knotted at one. What, what mm-hmm. else should we be seeing here? You got Vegas is uh, is up two games to one over the Sharks, and then uh, Tampa Bay and Boston are tied one to one. So, I think heads up heads up games going on right now. I think the Pens are in trouble. I think with uh, Ma- with Malkin hurt, and I think they've got a couple other guys that are banged up. I think Washington's definitely got the advantage right now, especially going up two to one. So I'm a little nervous there, um, but I still like my Jets. My Winnipeg Jets are uh, hot. I like my Capitals and my six-pack that I'm going to drink, 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 mm-hmm. drink, 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 drink. It's going to be so That's good. That's right. The, the coach <laughs> and the maestro threw down last time. It's a straight six-pack on who wins that series, Pens or the Caps. Okay. Uh, anything else about the NBA playoffs or hockey? Mm, nope. All right. Well, we're super efficient tonight. We're not the best uh, medium-level sports show for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> The thing about watching the NBA playoffs is I always wish that while I'm watching the game, I could be playing a basketball-themed board game. (laughs) And yet I'm not able to do it, because Hoopsters, the greatest basketball-themed board game that ever was, has not yet reached the market. Why not, Coach? Because it never is. It hasn't been created or taken to market yet. We're dragging our feet. Arguably, it's been created. It simply just hasn't. It has been created. Hasn't been productized. So uh, every week yes. we do a little update on our our efforts to get hoopsters to market. Uh, do we have any any updates this week, Coach? No, no updates. Uh, I think the next next move of action is we need to actually get in the same room together mm-hmm. and start uh, putting that drill press together and, and do some insp- experimenting on on some drilling. Okay, I think I think that's a good takeaway. And I would say, yeah, my only update was I took the drill press box and I turned it sideways because I used it to uh, set something on it that I had to spray paint this week. The, that's progress. <laughs> so, you you move the box. That's right. Very good. All right. Let's it's always it's always this time in the show where I think 
oh, I need to sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> right. Because, you know, it'd be weird if you if if you had a computer in front of you and you could do it while you were talking. But I'm sure you couldn't. You know, that'd be weird. <laughs> it is right. So the whole point of Sports Wednesdays is for us to get people to sign up for the Hoopsters newsletter so you'll stay in, uh, stay in the loop. I hate you, coach. <laughs> I hate you, coach. Stay in the loop for when the game hits the market. Be the first uh, amongst all your friends to get it. And uh, we still to date have two subscribers. So Still two. All right, let's move on to Act 2, the NFL draft. And uh, Act 2, we're going to share our uh, interview with Cole Medvek here in a minute. But I wanted to get your guys' uh, quick initial reactions to the draft, which which happened uh, last week. I'll go first. Okay, go. So I was doing a little research before the show, reading about, you know, who all everybody thought was the best, who had the best draft, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know what the <laughs> hell I was reading. I don't know who these players are. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. So my take is I'm going with the Giants because they're the only they're the only team that didn't want a quarterback. And I feel like Saquon Barkley is going to tear it up. So that's my pick. Okay. I don't care about all the quarterbacks. They're all a bunch of jokers. I'm going yeah, with the running back. I'll tell you what, I, I I'm awfully impressed with Saquon Barkley and and I would I would have drafted him, I think, as well. But but like I always go back to I thought Mike Dicka trading his whole draft for Ricky Williams was a reasonable thing to do, and that never worked out. Oh, oh God. I mean, the, the whole draft, I mean, obviously it started with such a punch in my face when the Browns made the choice that they did. Um, and, you know, I, it really started with anger and then disbelief, and then I had to try to accept it. I still don't accept the fact that they took Baker Mayfield. It still just doesn't feel right. But I think because of that pick, I really feel two teams won. One is the Jets got the quarterback I think they wanted in the first place. I think they wanted uh, Darnold and played a smokescreen, the whole thing about Mayfield. I don't believe any of that stuff that people that, – that had Mayfield that high. I really don't. And I also think the Broncos were going to accept a trade to anybody that wanted their position. But when they had a chance to get Bradley Chubb and put him with Von Miller, that just made them the best defense, maybe the best defense in the AFC West. So, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, and, and, the AFC, and that, maybe the AFC. Yes, and and now they don't have. To, they've got a, a a bridge quarterback that they can use. I mean, they 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 are now a contender just because yeah, of that so, one piece. Yeah. Now the Baker Mayfield pick about a day before the draft it started coming out. That's who the Browns were taking. Uh, so at least we had twenty four hours to process it. But I, taking, I, Den- I still didn't believe taking it. Though. Denzel, yeah, taking Denzel Ward at four. Uh, was surprising, I think, to everybody. And I, I just imagine the wild celebrations in the Denver Broncos hotel suite when that pick was announced. Oh, my gosh. They were – I guarantee they had other people on the phone ready to make a trade for that pick because yeah. they didn't want anything else that was out there. Yeah. And so on, on the on the uh, strength of that pick, I also gave the nod to the Broncos. I thought that uh, they're just going to be a much better team. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's funny because as – uh, Maestro was talking about, you know, I did some research and I was looking and I did some research too. And I'm with you too, Maestro. Like after the first round, I don't know a lot of the players yeah. that people picked. So me trying to give a grade is like me trying to play the violin. It's, it's I can do it. I'll make sound, but it's going to be really bad. If we're still doing this podcast four years from now, let's let's reconvene and talk about this draft and see what's going on. Okay. So yes, I love that. Four years. Okay, Siri. Set a reminder for four years from today. 
to talk about the NFL draft with Coach and Maestro. We'll see how all these quarterbacks turn out. It's going to end up being some fourth fourth round quarterback, you know, that oh, yeah. picked up that's going to be like this badass. Oh yeah. So uh, we, we coach is right on that. We are not really numbers analysts. So luckily, we brought a numbers analyst on the show, and Cole Medbeck. Uh, he runs the site rotocole.com. And Maestro, he gives a little play in music, and we'll we'll go right to his interview. All right. See if you guys recognize this one. All right. That's you too. <laughs> Desire. Is it Desire? Desire. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good call. That was. That was fun. Okay, everybody, this is a big day for Sports Wednesday. We've got our first guest on the line. It is football analyst Cole Medvek. Did I say that right, Cole? Yep, that's correct. Excellent. Cole's joining us from Cleveland. Uh, and joining us, as always, is the coach, basketball legend Matt Longley. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm Great. excited. Great. Uh, now, Cole... Cole caught my attention on Twitter for a couple of reasons. I think he's the first person in the nation who's out with his 2019 mock draft already. Uh, back on April 25th, he, po- he posted his 2019 QB rankings, and those caught my eye. And, and we're going to talk about those in a minute. But, Colt, let's first talk about this, this draft that we just had. Uh, I looked at your mock draft. I know in your top five, uh, you posted that a few days before the draft came up, and then it seemed like really the day before the draft when it became clear the Browns were going to take Mayfield. But you were spot on in calling the Bills trading up to get Josh Allen. So why don't you just give us your reactions to those first five picks? Yeah, so very psyched with the Browns. So I had Mayfield as my top quarterback, and as a Browns fan, so psyched about it. Um, very shocked with the Denzel Ward pick by the Browns. That was not what anyone expected, but after it happened, it totally made sense. Saquon Barkley, I thought was a bit of a reach. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Broncos taking Quentin Nelson, totally obvious pick. But uh, other than that, I mean, really, really exciting with this draft. I thought yeah. there was a lot of, so every draft has a lot of weird picks that people get taken and everyone's like scratching their heads. This yeah. draft had a ton of those, but. The picks that were awesome were, were very, very good for uh, each team. What, so, what did you think about the Browns picking uh, Ward and not Chubb with the fourth pick? So, I, in my opinion, the reason why they did it was because, A, next year's draft is totally loaded at defensive end, and chances okay. are they're going to have a top 10 pick. So, other than that, though, I mean, a eh, bit of a head scratcher. I guess they just have a lot of faith in Agba over Chubb. Sure, um, sure. They probably feel that the difference between like Agba and Chubb is not as great as the difference between like Denzel Ward and whichever cornerback is going to be, you know, their number one corner coming into next year. Sure. So now I, I, my, I contend though, if the Browns hadn't let Joe Hayden go, that pick never happens. It, yeah, definitely. Okay. What'd you have there, coach? Well, I was just going to say, um, so you, you were saying that you Baker Mayfield was, was number one on your list mm-hmm. and, um, and you wouldn't have been the only one. But there were a lot of people that didn't have him. They had him at fourth. So what? what's your – and I'm a Browns fan too. And, and, and my reaction to it was a little different. And, and, and But what separates – what's your X factor for Mayfield compared to 
the other three as far as Rosen, Allen, and uh, and Darnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so with Josh Allen, uh, to be honest, it's just that he can't play. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> just he, he's a baseball pitcher. If you were going to draft like the best pitcher from the MLB, he'd probably be as good as Josh Allen. So um, <laughs> that's you know, a great great comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, Josh Rosen. So Josh Rosen's interesting. So when you hear him talked about, it's always about his personality and like who he is, but he can play. But the thing is, he actually is not as good as what he's made out to be. So it's like, yeah, he has an awesome, you know, throwing ability, but what does he do with it? And the thing is, I mean, he's, he's obviously accurate, but if you look at his actual production, uh, he made a lot of poor decisions. I think he had like 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Yeah. So from that end, if he could, if he was as good as any of the other guys in terms of production with those mechanics, he would have definitely been number one overall. It's just that he couldn't play to the same level. Uh, Darnold though, Darnold actually looks like a very good prospect. So really like with my list, it was, it was Mayfield and Darnold. Those were the two you really couldn't go wrong with. Uh, Darnold basically looks like the semi second coming of Jameis Winston. He, he looks almost identical as a prospect. So he basically has a ceiling of being that like Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers kind of guy. Right. But floor and a lot of people are talking about how his, his floor is pretty much like Andy Dalton with an arm. So, I mean, right there, I mean, it actually doesn't sound terrible. You're pretty much guaranteed a franchise quarterback. Yeah, but, as a Browns fan, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's where I, if they took Darnold, wouldn't be mad. But Mayfield, Mayfield is, this is a very controversial p- opinion, but I feel that he is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And wow. if you if you look at his production, because people talk about it all the time, like, oh man, it's so high. It's it's and but then they people bring up like Case Keenum and yeah. like Aaron Murray, Todd Boyd. If you look yes. at the players that he was playing with, they actually were not very good this year. He didn't all he really had was Mark Andrews. Other than that, that's that was it. So he did all of that production with no one. Why and not? Case Keenum has so so. There's two different parts of football that there's the analytics part, and then the right. what I call the, just the counting stats. So Case Keenum had very good counting stats, but his production was nowhere near like Baker Mayfield's. And there, I mean that's where the analytics come into. We don't have to yeah. get into all of that, but basically, yeah. Baker Mayfield was just far more efficient. So as it, the ability to play was just so much higher, and if you just look at the similar comparisons, like in terms of like, I guess, analytical comps, they're more and more like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. They're much close. He's much closer to those guys than he is Case Keenum, Taj Boyd, Aaron Murray. Yeah. And I, I wanted to say too, uh, up top, Cole runs the website, rotocole.com. That's R-O-T-O-C-O-L-E.com. And he's a numbers guy. And Coach and I are not numbers guys. We're just like, <laughs> yeah. Josh Rosen seems like a douchebag. Don't draft him. (laughs) Um, So let me ask you this. Uh, You were one of the few people who had the Giants going for a quarterback at number two, and I was curious about that in your mock draft. Yeah, so taking a running back in the top five. Okay, well, so in terms of like a positional value, just the way the run game is valued in the NFL, it doesn't make much sense. But Saquon, diff- Saquon Barkley is a much different like prospect where he's a receiving back. 
he's almost like a Duke Johnson. If Duke Johnson was like, you know, 30 pounds heavier and Mm -hmm. inches taller, you know, four or five inches taller. So because of that, I I get it more. He's almost like a wide receiver too, mixed with that running back, which I mean, it's basically David Johnson. It's basically what he is. So that, that looks good on paper. Like, oh, you're getting this weapon. But it's just with Eli Manning being 37 and having what yeah. I would say is a guaranteed franchise quarterback. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they might be better for the next two years and can take a make maybe make one more Super Bowl run. I mean, we'll yeah. see. But that's that's pretty much it. That's the reason why I, I thought it was all smoke. The whole Barkley yeah. thing. Yeah. And as soon as he got taken, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I was so happy. I'm like, man, maybe we can, you know, have someone trade up for number four for Josh Rosen, but didn't happen. Do you, um, do you think that the giants will be definitely looking at a quarterback next year then? Uh, It's hard to say. Uh, So next year's quarterback class is looking pretty mediocre. It's not looking too good. Yes. I saw your rankings. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we do that, I wanted to touch on you, uh, your, putting the Browns at about seven to nine wins this year. So a little higher than what Vegas went for. Um, are, is that some optimism in there or is that what the numbers are telling you? So, so there isn't or isn't. So I okay. think if you look at the roster, just from a talent perspective, they, they look like that win total. Yeah. The thing that's going to hold them back is the coaching. That's mm. the biggest wild, you know, biggest wild card. And that's where it's hard for me to know what's going to happen. Now they definitely, I mean, if they don't hit at least six wins, that'll be insane. I think if, if they go like, zero and five, I mean, you're going to see Hugh Jackson gone. Yeah. You he think won't so. be there, you know, but yeah. I, I'm so pretty were you optimistic. A little, yeah. Were you pretty, pretty shocked that he even stuck around? Uh, to be honest, I'm not. I, it, the reason why the Browns are bad is it's not that they can't draft. It's not that they don't get some good free agents. It's really that they switch to coaching staffs so often when you switch every couple years, the problem is you draft guys in the first and second round for one coach. Then the next, you know, two years later, Oh, Hey, we're going to, you know, switch coaching staffs. We can't have this guy because he doesn't fit our scheme. And so you effectively lose like multiple first and second round picks. And that's the whole core of your team. So that's the biggest reason why they've been bad. So you don't you don't think like that he's going to have the same leash as say uh, Marvin Lewis has, where he's basically <laughs> been where he's been there, and, and 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 from my point of view, has outlived his welcome at mm. least by maybe not ten years, like I said before, but yeah. at least four or five years. That I think it's it's been time. So you think it's this year or nothing for Hugh Jackson? Pretty much. So actually. People aren't talking about this as much. I actually think that's why they took Tyrod Taylor. I mm. think it's because, A, we don't want you to touch in Mayfield after Kaiser. We're just going to give you someone else. We're going to give you a veteran. And I don't think it's much to do with like Mayfield sitting as is much to do with like Hugh Jackson. Just can you coach? This guy yeah. wins games. Uh, t- on paper, Tyrod's like Browns will be much better than Tyrod's Bills. So we'll have to see how that goes. But Oh, I love the optimism. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants to see a, a couple of wins more than than we do. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, your 2019. I want to talk about your quarterback rankings first because that's what caught my eye. And the reason they caught my eye, Cole, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> is that number 14 was Ohio Bobcat. 
Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke. And so I want to know how you come up with your rankings and and is it is is that are we finally gonna have a Bobcat quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> no okay so i actually i wrote some like show notes before this and okay uh on them i actually had possibly moved to slot receiver so okay. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. No, that's our odds are, are falling in by the minute <laughs> yeah so so he he's interesting he he what caught my eye with him was that he's a sophomore yeah and typically when you produce as a sophomore and he did it's actually a really good thing for quarterbacks. A lot of guys we don't know are going to be good until they break out their junior year as like mm-hmm. an elite, like not receiver, but a quarterback. Right. So he's on that trajectory. Like, like he's on that way. He's on that path. The only thing is, is that he's not ultra accurate and he made most of his production as a runner getting those running touchdowns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's not, it's not like he's a horrible prospect. I actually, I had him comp to, let me see. What was it? I believe it was Thaddeus Lewis. Okay. okay. Yeah. So he can be in the NFL for a couple of years. I can see him pulling the Braxton Miller route. If you look at his athleticism, he's very, very um, good for a quarterback. He would actually be like in the elite tier of athleticism for a quarterback. So, I mean, given that, he could probably be a wide receiver. He's not athletic enough to be a running back. I thought that might have been a possibility with his uh, touchdown production, but He'd probably be a slot receiver. Sure. Okay. Well, let's look at the top of your list here. You've got Justin Herbert at the top, uh, Jake Browning and Mackenzie Milton. I like that Central Florida. That's also interesting to me. But can you tell me just a little bit about the stats? We're looking at their QB rating and then their YPA is yards Yards per per attempt. Yes. Okay. And then you you do like a size and then you compare them to to a known quarterback. Mm -hmm. So Herbert, you also had gone first in your mock draft. Yeah, so Justin Herbert's the only guy that looks like a very efficient quarterback that's already broken out. He, to me, looks like a Joe Flacco or Eli Manning caliber quarterback. So he's not like this awesome, awesome prospect. It's just out of the group. He's like the best of the bunch. He's also got the size, too. He's yep. a six two. He's, he's what your prototypical – the GMs are going to love him because of what he looks like. That's why Josh Allen got on a lot of people's. I mean, I'm just throwing it like basically why he got on so many radars because he looks the type, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he has that, but he has a production too. So, he has like the best of, best of both worlds pretty much. And not only that, but as a sophomore, he had that, which is you really don't see that. So, that's that's what caught my eye. But, I mean, a lot of these guys too, you're not going to know until after the season. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of finding the guys who are on that like path that you can tell, like they go from, you know, they play early as a freshman, they get better each and every year. They're kind of on that, like Jared Goff trajectory where they're just getting better, better and better. So I have have a question though. Yeah. So a lot of these guys and I'm looking at them and I'm, and I'm I'm playing in my head, the types of offenses that Mm -hmm. they come from. And that was my question too, about Baker, because I know that he doesn't get under center. Well, let's put it this way. Most college quarterbacks don't go under center anymore. Mm-hmm. So as, as say you're GM and you're sitting there and looking at these quarterbacks, when you say production, are you, are you weighing any of the analytics on, on how they're getting it? Like, are they, are they in a spread? Are they like, cause o- Oregon's offense is the one thing that comes to mind. I mean, they have, they, they're all about it. It, it's not Chip Kelly, but it's still an Oregon offense. Am I correct? Right. Yep. So I'm just wondering, like, if you're looking at you're the GM and you're using your analytics, the offense they come from, does that drop their their production in your mind, or 
So yes and no, it depends on the quarterback. Uh, so like comparing like Marcus Mariota, like in this situation. Yeah. So he was extremely productive. And one of the big things with him was obviously he was a running quarterback. Right. So in that instance, I would say yes, because when you run in the NFL uh, and in college, it makes your efficiency look a lot better than what it might actually be. Okay. So, so with him, I would drop him for that. Right. And then when it comes to scheme, it's not that it really changes the efficiency. It's just that because you're not in a pro style system, you're probably going to take a couple extra years to develop. And that's where I I view Marcus Mariota as a better prospect to Jameis Winston. But Jameis Winston is a guy who's going to come in and be better in his rookie contract. I think that in the second contract, you'll see Mariota be better. But it's going to take more time. That's what I would say, basically. So basically the scheme just means you got to wait. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm noticing Trace McSorley's on your list. He's uh, 6'1", 195. I am 6'1", 195. What are the odds <laughs> of me getting on the list? <laughs> yeah. I don't see you on there. Yeah, hard to believe. Uh, okay, the other thing you do, and I like this, is you you signify when a quarterback's kind of being hyped by the media. And I don't know if that figures in your calculation or if it's just saying, hey, you know, take a close look at this because it could be more smoke than fire here. Yeah, that's that's a lot of the guys in this draft because the guys you're hearing are like Will Greer, Drew Locke, Ryan Finley. None of them, I would say, are good prospects. Uh, th- to me, they look like quality backups. And I mean, obviously, they could have a season. You know, if, if next year they're ultra productive, that's awesome. But the thing is, that's basically what Mason Rudolph is. I mean, Mason Rudolph this year was that guy who was he played for four years. You know, played till his, I believe he was a redshirt senior. Yeah. So he was, yes. you know, had five years to um, go along and play. And then he didn't break out really until that fifth year. He was not good until the age of like 22 or 23. So, and, and that guy, even though he had an awesome season, was still in the third round. Yeah. That's where I have the breakout age where if you break out as a freshman or a sophomore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge So deal. that's a red flag for you, basically. Huge red flag. Yeah, so... Like Drew Locke, for example, didn't break out until a junior year. Mm-hmm. That's a major red flag because you got to think. Because so Jared Goff, Mitch Trubinsky, a lot of the you know Pat Mahomes, a lot of the franchise quarterbacks, they get drafted junior year because that's when they hit their peak year of production. Drew Locke didn't hit that, so to me, that's a major issue. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, uh, our hope here is one day Sports Wednesday is a big enough media outlet that our hyping of Nathan Rourke will get earn him the slash. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about him. Uh, okay, let me ask you this, and uh, before before we wrap up here, Coach, if you have any other questions, let me know. Um, okay. In in this most recent draft, uh, if your answer is the Browns, that's fine. But if it's the Browns, what other team improved themselves the most, top to bottom? Tough to say. Um. I, I want to say I like the Titans because they got Harold Landry. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Let me let me bring up a list of the draft picks. So let's see, 28 NFL drafts. So the one that really caught my eye was the Broncos choosing Bradley Chubb. That was a big deal because having yeah. Von Miller and Bradley Chubb be, together is insane. That's going to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. The Broncos are going to be pretty good next year. Yeah. Other than that, oh, the biggest one, uh, the Bears. The Bears had a fantastic draft. I think wow. you're going to see them uh, probably be this year's Rams. That's that's what I think. Oh, wow. They look like a phenomenal team. Oh, yeah. 
Wow. All right. Coach, anything right. else? You got anything else, coach? No, no. I, I, that was fantastic. That was yeah. really good. Cole, I really appreciate you coming on. We're working on our interview skills. We we did. <laughs> we previously had a former NBA star booked on the show and we couldn't get the technology working in our oh. Our opportunity window closed. So, uh, but I'm glad, and hopefully we can have you on again too. Yeah, I'd love to have you back. Cole. Yeah, definitely, anytime. Yeah, we I are, really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, no problem. We, we are not numbers guys, so it's always helpful. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Has no, a little more insight. Did, now, did you hear the whole Josh Rosen's a douchebag rumors that he was scaring GMs off? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for me to say because because I'm not in those like rooms. I, I sure. don't know, yeah. and I don't know how as a non-player, as a non-NFL player that affects the team, yep. I'm, I'm pretty confident it's not going to be any kind of issue. But Yeah, but they don't have – NFL teams, as far as we know, don't have like a quantified douchebag rating. Number. Right, exactly. You know. <laughs> I, I just thought of one question. Now that, you know. now that we got to this, I, I want to get okay. your take on this. A quick hot mm-hmm. take. Out of the four quarterbacks, and a lot of analysts have been asked this, but out of the four that were taken, which one has an impact next year? Like a real impact. Let me think. Well, it's got to be Josh Rosen. Yeah, yeah. that's Josh, that was that's sure. what I was thinking. Yep. Yeah, he's got the opportunity for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, everybody, check out the site rotocole.com, and you can follow Cole on Twitter at Cole from CLE. That's Cole from Cleveland. And anything else we need to we need to say about you, Cole? No, that's it. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, it was my first podcast to go on, so that was awesome. Nice. Nice. So anything else you guys want to say about the NFL draft before we move on? No, I'm good. Still not a fan of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so let's let's try this. Uh, let's have Coach give us an Irish intro into Act 3, punctuated by Maestro's music. So he's going to fit. All right. Well, what do you know? We're at that time of the podcast when you're thinking, can we go backwards or forwards? We're going to go forward to Act 3. Nice work, Meister. A little Rolling Stones there. Speaking of beasts of burden, I've had a beast of burden on me, and that's I was in charge of getting the prize together for the NCAA tournament pick'em. And uh, you guys might remember the our, our pick'em was won by Maestro back in March. That's why it's called March Madness. It's currently May. Uh, it's now called <laughs> May Madness. May gifting. So, uh, so I, I had an idea in my head what I wanted to want the price to be, uh, and it turned out that didn't exist on the market, so it had to be made. So, uh, Maestro, I believe you've got a brown paper bag there that's all wrapped up that you've been waiting to open. I do. Open it. My name's on the car too, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is from this is from me and Pete. Mike. It's a magic eight ball. <laughs> Can you describe the magic eight ball? Because remember, this is a podcast, not a TV show. <laughs> it smells like spray paint. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> is this the thing you were painting, Peter? It absolutely is. So, folks, I thought, what better what better prize for the champion of our tournament pick them than a magic eight ball that looks like a basketball? And oh, yeah. uh, for some reason, you can't buy those. You can buy a camouflage magic eight ball and a Donald Trump magic eight ball, <laughs> but you cannot find a basketball magic eight ball. Dude, so I got sweet. Yeah, I got a regular one. I had to scuff it up and spray paint it orange and and get those basketball lines on there. And as uh, as I told Coach, from one angle, it looks really, really good. And that's the angle I photographed it from. <laughs> but the, re- the rest of it has a very eighth grade vibe to it. So my, my craftiness is not where it needs to be. All right. I'm going to put it to the test. Am I going to get my freelance work for Peter done tonight? All signs point to no. <laughs> Let's see. It says, reply hazy. (laughs) (laughs) Try again. Oh, yes, definitely. God damn it. That's good news for me. That's great news for you. That's right. So anyway, Maestro, congratulations on winning on winning the pool. I know that you were hanging out there in like third to fifth place for most of it. And then once the final four hit, you, you, you sprinted out to the win. We had about 20 players in the pool, including a Magic 8-Ball bracket, uh, which came in third from last. Oh, good. So there you have it. So uh, if you are a toy manufacturer, basketball-themed Magic 8-Balls, I think, I think is a winning idea. And you know what else is a winning idea? Hoopsters. You tell me. Hoopsters. A basketball-themed board game that we need to get to market soon. What, how, Coach, what, what could I do if like, I just want to be kept up to date on when it's coming to market? The best way to do that is to sign up for our newsletter on our email list. Be number three. That's right. Head to hoopsters.store or you could go to sportswednesday.com and put in your email address. Be the third person on there. Uh, I'm making a prediction. Okay. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to push this. This is my goal. I want 10 people on our email list by the next podcast. I'm going to try. I'm, that's my goal. 10 people. 10 by the next podcast. Well, guess what? I have a nice incentive to make that happen. Okay, good. First of all, I want everyone to know there's plenty of room on the email list. It is not crowded. <laughs> so when I was uh, online trying to find the, the, the basketball theme Magic 8-Ball, I couldn't. But I found a dozen pens that have a magic eight ball is the button you click and then the 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 reply from the magic eight ball shows up on the side of the pen so i bought these i bought a dozen of them so the next 12 people who sign up for the newsletter list will will receive one of these in the mail oh that's fantastic you're probably can i I sign up again (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna unsubscribe and then resubscribe just like i missed out on the pin now i want one of those pens yeah, those pins are sweet. All right, Maestro, congratulations. I hope you uh, enjoy that Magic 8-Baller. Enjoy it. It's your last. Thank it's you. Pro- I, I want to thank the Academy and, uh, and all my fans. <laughs> all two of them. <laughs> and one of them's you. I know. I'm sorry. I admit it. I'm a big fan. All right, folks. Well, now uh, we're coming to the most controversial part of the podcast every week. What hat are we wearing? Coach, are you wearing a hat tonight? I am wearing a hat. I'm going to guess you're wearing a Cavs hat. No. And there's a story behind that. I was going to wear my Cavs hat. um, 
but the calves were losing. So I, uh, I had it right next to me and I didn't want to put it back on my head. So that's a super t- superstitious thing. I'm wearing actually a Durham Bulls hat. Nice. Oh, nice. It's old. I mean, this hat, Pete, we played, I played softball in this hat. It's the only hat I ever play softball in. So I wore it when we played on the Zap Jakes. And originally I wore it when I played in Chicago. This thing is old. Nice. Wow. By the way, the, the Cavs have tied the Raptors at the end of regulation, 105-105. So they're going to overtime. Oh, nice. Still time. Still time. Uh, okay. So uh, can I ask you this? Is, is your Durham Bulls hat signed by Crash Davis? No, it is not. It's Nuke LaRouche. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Meister, are you wearing a hat tonight? I am. Oh, I want to guess. Get, I'm going to guess you're wearing your Mahalo hat. No. He's wearing um, he's wearing his Mahalo hat. That's what I just guessed. I know. I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's wearing a Pittsburgh uh, Steelers hat. I don't have a Steelers hat. What? Then don't I mean, call got, yourself Terry I got, Bradshaw. I got winter caps, but oh, I thought okay. we were talking. Is that those your final answers? Yes. Yeah. Final questions. I'm actually wearing a non uh, Wahoo Indians cap. Oh, I've seen it. That's a nice hat. It's got got the C on it. Mm-hmm. It's actually my wife's, but I've stolen it and sweated it. <laughs> now it's, it's yours. Nice, it's the sweat ring black hat, so it's, now it's mine. It's now it's yours. Now somebody has to ask me if I'm wearing a hat. Hey, are you wearing a hat? <laughs> I am wearing a hat tonight. All right, so I'm guessing you're wearing your Cavs hat. Nice That's what he wore last week. Oh, he's wearing crap. He won't wearing... wear it twice in a row. He's wearing this. Yeah. He's not that predictable. No. He's wearing uh he's wearing his pirates hat. No, a Cleveland Force hat. That would be awesome. Signed by Keith Furphy. Yes. <laughs> what is it? I am actually wearing a, a knit cap that is blue and orange with an orange ball on top, and it says Cleveland is the city. Oh. That was my second guess. Yeah, so I went, I went old school with a Nick Cap tonight. I like that. So, very good. I, I kind of feel like what hat are we wearing is the point where most people who are listening to the podcast think, why are we listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. They're sitting on the edge of their seat going, oh, man, oh, man. I, hope, I can't wait to hear what hat they're wearing. All right. Well, that, that's that been what hat am I wearing? We're moving into Act 3 now where we do our, our standings updates. Last week, we, we all predicted the first five picks of the draft. I want to let you know how you did. Uh, Meister, you got one out of five, uh, which was the Saquon Barkley pick. Coach, you got two out of five, which was Saquon Barkley and the Sam Darnold pick. Yes. And then uh, BMOC, I got two out of five. I picked Baker Mayfield in that. So... And then Maestro, you won the upset special last week, uh, plus one, because you correctly identified Buffalo as the team that would trade up the highest in the draft. Oh, Cardinals came so close. They did, but Buffalo Buffalo edged them out, and Maestro called it. And then, uh, Coach, you did get a plus one finally because the Boston Bruins won their series. Yes. Go Bruins. So so we're coming up close to 100 picks. We're at... Maestro 65 of 98, Coach at 57 and 98, BMOC at 54 of 98. Coach is he's creeping up I'm on creeping, me. Like, baby. Like an old pair of skivvies, and I don't like it. I'm creeping. He does not like it. I do. So anyway, the Cavs game did end in a tie, so they are going into overtime. Okay. Locks. 
of the week. All right. This week's lock of the week. I want you to predict which of the second round NBA series is going to go seven games. And give us a little uh, a little detail why you think. Okay. You already picked, right? I did. I did pick the Cavs Raptors. All right. So you pick I, – and I uh, – you want to go first or do you want to go second? Yeah, I'll go second. You go first. I know what Me? you're going to pick. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Celtics in the 76. son of a mm. – <laughs> And I have no I, – I just think those – those teams are pretty evenly matched. I mean, I think 76ers are probably a little bit better. Uh, they have a little more gas in the tank, but I think Celtics are, um, um, I don't know, mature, and I think they'll they'll match up and go the distance. So <laughs> who do you think is going to win? I don't care. Oh. <laughs> so, so you guys take both the teams in the East, which I had already said in our early segment, it's the only two compelling series. And <laughs> I said both other series in the West are bad. And now I'm stuck. You know what? I am going to take the Cavs um, Raptors because that would be the other two. There's no chance they're going seven. No. So I'm going to take the Cavs Raptors opposite of you, Maestro. And I'll take the chance that uh, BMOC gains a point with me, but I'm I'm taking that one, just because there's nothing in the West that's going seven, nothing. Maestro, do you have your phone with you? I do. Could you call a ambulance and send it to Coach's house? <laughs> Actually, I have that on speed dial because I got to do it like once a day. Oh, no ambulance! Ambulance. <laughs> well, those are uh, locks of the week. Locks of the week. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Upset special. Now, this could be NBA or NHL. Uh, predict a lower-seeded team that's going to to upset a higher seed in the second round. And I'm also now just realizing I did not research this at all. So quickly. I okay. I'm picking the Bruins. I'm, going to oh, I'm picking the Bruins? Yes, I'm picking the Bruins. Okay. Bruins. The Bruins. Bruins. They're going to be that's wicked smack. Pick. It's going to be wicked. Oh. Tampa Bay's hot. Tampa Bay's hot. Yeah, it is hot to live there, but their hockey team, they suck. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm, I'm sticking with my Winnipeg Jets. You would. I know you would. Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. What are you doing there, babe? Gonna, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm, tempt- I'm tempted to stick with the Sharks, but I know they're already down two to one. Uh, and I think Vegas looks good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, going with the going with the pens. They're going to yep. come back. Mm. Yeah, they're they're going to come back. They're going to win. The power of uh, Sidney Cosby, the forgotten <laughs> Huxtable. <laughs> that that joke has such legs. It does. It does, and it's a perfect setup for corrections yes. and updates. Big man, so, I I share my my six pack with you if I if I could. I know, I know. I wish I could drink, but uh, the big man on campus still on the wagon. <laughs> So this is a corrections I like to call the Sidney Cosby corrections segment named for the show where I referred to Sidney Crosby as Sidney Cosby for an entire program and nobody corrected me. We were just being polite, which I don't understand why. <laughs> I do like pretending he's the, the forgotten Huxtable, though. Um, any corrections for you, Coach? No, I don't have any that I can think of. He's, he's 100% accurate. I'm All right. How about you, Maestro? Like I say every week, there's a disclaimer. I'm a jackass. I don't know what I'm talking about. So if I misspell it, mispronounce it, miss, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so genuine. 
misplay it. I mean, I think I, I, I totally botched uh, Redemption Song last week. I'm still pretty pretty upset about that. But I am too. What about you, Pete? Crazy. Uh, I just have one update, and it's uh, last week I had wondered if when Mike Moustakis comes to bat, if the, the crowd goes moose. And uh, I actually have a friend who's a Royals fan, and I texted him, and he said absolutely they do that as soon as he gets into No the, way, they do? Yeah, into the on-deck circle. Is, nice. this your, is this your former roommate from – Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. How's he doing? Good? So, yeah, he's doing good. He's doing good. He's doing good. He's doing good. Good, good, good. good. So I said – so the, at least that one got resolved. I'm still trying to solve that Denver Nuggets question. Nugs. You called the Nugs. And also the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Where do they get those octopuses? We got to get that. We got to get people to get those octopuses. All right. So that's corrections. This is going to bring us right into fantasy baseball. I took over from uh, from the coach. When did I take over? Monday morning? Sunday. Sunday. Monday morning. Monday, Monday morning. morning. That's right. And we are currently up seven to one. I'm, Dominating. We're playing a, a team called Bear Hug. Yes. Uh, I think I lucked out this week because Bear Hug is starting a lot of injured players. Think, They're at the bottom. I think he's one of those. Why couldn't I get Bear Hug? <laughs> I know, right? He he thought he had time for fantasy baseball, but maybe not. He, yes. So we are currently in second place, two games back. That's right. Uh, if we had not tied in one of our weeks, I think we'd, we'd be, be winning. Yeah. So. You tied. Was that? <laughs> it was me. Was that you, Pete? It wasn't me. No. Oh. I wonder who it was. <laughs> if you do oh, want to, if you want to check out our fantasy team, it's still the pinned tweet on our Twitter page. I have a direct link right to our team. Noise. Okay, so uh, fitness challenge update. We've been doing fitness challenges for two weeks now. Uh, I saw both of you guys. Uh, Coach, you made it all seven days on, on last week's challenge. Yes. And that was 10 burpees and a minute-long plank. Yes. Maestro, you did not. You you missed a day, but then did you double up the next day? I actually did my push-ups while you, while you were having tech, technical difficulties. Good so thinking. I, I just, I'm making up for yesterday, so I still have my burpees to do. I'll do those before bed, which is mm-hmm. always a good thing. That's always a good thing. Burpees. I will tell you, Saturday night I didn't get to my exercise until like eleven thirty, and I was I was gassed. <laughs> I hit it. It was like in. in between each burpee, I needed seven seconds to recover. <laughs> I should have. I don't know why I picked burpees. Yeah. I hate them. Well, luckily it's it's Maestro's turn to pick the fitness challenge for this week. Got, Good. Are you guys ready? Yes. Are we going to continue to add these to our like repertoire? I don't know. Well, we're we're gonna be close to a full workout after a couple of weeks. This, but is, this is turning into like the seven minute uh, workout, or for Pete, the twenty minute workout. Depending, depending on, <laughs> oh. ouch! <laughs> depending what it is, I'm 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 very eager to swap burpees out of my regimen for a week. All right, well here's I'm, I'm, here's what I'm gonna go with. You guys ready? Yeah, twenty jumping jacks, jumping jack flash, and ten lunges. Five each leg. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ten lunges. Okay. Five each. Whenever I do lunges, I can't help but think of that episode of Friends where Joey puts on all of Chandler's clothes. Yes. And then he says, I'm commando. I'm commando. And he starts yes. doing lunges. So. Clothes, I'm going to do the exact opposite to you. What are you, what are you going to show me my clothes? Hey, opposite. Is opposite. 
he's got nothing! Okay, buddy boy, here it is. You hide my clothes, I'm wearing everything you own. Oh, my God! That is so not the opposite of taking somebody's underwear. Look at me, I'm Chandler. Could I be wearing any more clothes? Maybe if I wasn't going commando. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's hot with all this stuff on. I, uh, I better not do any, I don't know, lunges. Okay, okay, enough, enough with the lunging. No, I'm sick of this, okay? I've had it up to here with you two. Neither of you can come to the party. Jeez, what a baby. Uh, uh, so that'll be fun. I'll put on all my clothes and give that a shot. That's gross. <laughs> if, I do, that? if I do, if I do that, and I'm not saying Please. I will. But uh, if you do. If I do, I will take a photo of it and it will go on Instagram. Oh, absolutely. Very good. So, uh, guys, I got to tell you, if you're wondering why I'm so off tonight, there's two things. One, I've been talking into my mic all night and I just now realized it's not plugged into the computer. <laughs> So I'm just re- recording basically with the built-in, and I don't want to plug it in now because I think it'll mess everything up. And then uh, also, apparently, one of my dogs pooped underneath my desk, and I stepped in it and kind of smeared it. And so this is, and I think here's what happened: my wife was in the office where I record working on planning classes for tomorrow, and I asked her if she wouldn't mind moving, and and I think she cursed me as she left. <laughs> oh, man, that's 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 a bum deal there, BMOC. The only the only thing that can turn this around is is a good bit of trivia. So let's have a little trivia music intro, Maestro. Ooh, okay. trivia. Something poop related. <laughs> It smells so bad, and I can't clean it up till the show's over. I'm captive. That's what makes it so good. All right. Got another one for Chip. Oh, good. saying chip then it's got to be something hair metal yeah i'm gonna guess uh is that a, a rhino bucket is that is that cindy lopper girls just want to have fun <laughs> i think it was that was in my dreams by docking oh in my Excellent. dreams it's still the mr. Same. mr midnight just enjoyed that yeah i'll tell you what uh i had lunch with him last week and he does listen to the show and he does every time when when hake says this is for a chip he knows what song it is so <laughs> of course he does there you have it mr hair okay. metal savant so uh we haven't talked baseball yet so i wanted to do baseball trivia and our i thought our baseball catcher trivia was so interesting that we should kind of stick with this position type thing and we're going to do shortstop trivia tonight nice okay Okay, uh, let's let's have you kick it off, Coach. Okay, so uh, mine has to do with uh, shortstops and the Gold Glove. So what I did is I Aussie did a little research. <clears throat> okay, so I did some research, and fifty-one players have won a Gold Glove at shortstop. Fifty-one players that you know, there have been several years that 
players have won gold gloves, but I'm getting rid of the all the multiples. But 51 different players have won gold gloves. How many of those players, though, out of those 51, have won a gold glove in both the National League and the American League? And I'll give you a range and you both get a chance to guess. Okay? Okay. So the range is from zero, none I have, to five. So somewhere okay. between zero to five, and we'll do prices, rights, rule, price, prices, right, rules, closest without going over, wins the uh, the fame. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go ahead, Mr. You pick first. Zero to five. Wait, say that again. Oh, <laughs> the range. So that's it. There's just zero to five. There's a. There, there hasn't been more than five out of fifty-one. No, there's but not been more than five, and oh. there. I thought you were going to have zero to five, six to twelve. No, no, zero to five. That's it. Like oh, pick okay. some, pick a number between zero and five. I'm going to say. Sorry. I'm going to say two. Okay. Oh, he's going prices right. That's it's a good bet. I'm going to say. I'm going to say three. Okay. Uh, the actual number is two. Well picked. Oh, well no! Ding 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 now, ding ding ding. I will give you a bonus. Okay. Do you okay. want the bonus? Can you name one of them? And it's not that obscure. Can I just say, I thought that I was going to get the, the chance to name all 51. Well, start, start, go ahead. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to start with Roy McMillan of the Cincinnati Redlegs, uh, then Luis Apricio, uh, Zoilo Versailles, Jim Fergosi, Mark Bellinger. Oh my gosh. Are you, are you looking with, at a list? I'm not. Oh my uh, gosh. Do you say Mark Bellinger? Yeah, Bellinger on the O's. Wow, yes. I think Alan Trammell won it a couple of years. Yes, he did. Did Robin Yount win it? He won it, yes. Uh, Tony Fernandez. Yes, a couple times. Ozzie Guillen, and I don't Ozzie like to brag. He only won once. Yeah, but I don't like to brag, but I did an interview Ozzie Guillen Jr. once at an insurance <laughs> conference. Oh. <laughs> uh, Ripken probably won it. He won it multiple times. Omar, of course. Yes, and A Rod and Jeter. Those are all correct. And let me think. Uh, Lindor, Lindor, Lindor won a couple won it, years yes. ago, right? Mm-hmm. And that guy from the Royals. He's won it. Escobar. Al- yeah. Is that Alcides right. Escobar? Yeah. So that's all I can name. Okay. So you can you name any of those that won one? In there's two of them. In both leagues. Yes. And I'll give you a hint. You, you've already named one of them. You've you've named him. Oh, Omar Vizcal. That is correct. Do you want the double bonus? Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. You get, wait. Don't I get to pick? Pick another one. Go ahead. Uh, Chichi Rodriguez. So close. Orlando Cabrera. Oh. Oh. I was going to say uh, Fuzzy Zoller. <laughs> no. Right, that was a good one, though. All right, good. That was a good one. Good. Uh, that was he good. Won it, he won it with uh, the Indians, of course, but also won it two years straight uh, with the Giants. Just shows how good he is. He was. Uh, okay, Maestro, what's your shortstop trivia? Um, okay. So I was thinking about uh, Derek Jeter. And, uh, you know, he was starting a shortstop for the Yankees for a long time. <laughs> a very long time. Very long. So my question to you was, who was the shortstop before him? Oh, oh man, that's a good one. Uh, before him. 
I'm gonna guess it's not somebody super well known. Am I correct? You are not. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, so then maybe his, I can. His name was his name was already mentioned actually, in Pete's list. Oh. Yep. So he's a Gold Glover. Wow, who did he mention? Hmm. All right, I'm gonna need a. Uh, Give us, uh, give us the. You want first and last initial, Pete, or just one? Just yeah, let's have both initials. TF. Oh, Tony Fernandez. Uh, Tony Fernandez. True, false. He was there for two years, but like he came in and they started to play Jeter like near the end of that season, and then that was it. He never got it back. Yeah, never got it back. He went on. I think he went to the Mets or something. Uh, I think he yeah ended up in Toronto too. Good one. That's a good one. All right. Okay. I got I got one now. This is gonna be I'm kinda glad neither of you asked it. So do you know what the record is for the number of innings that have transpired in the major leagues without a shortstop touching the ball? Oh wow. And it's so it's I, I will tell you it's more than one game's worth. Okay, so total innings where a short between where a shortstop never touched the ball? Yep. Consecutive, like nothing hit to him. More than a game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. Wow. I'm gonna for the same team. Assuming. Yes, same team. Same team. I'm gonna go twelve innings. No, twelve and a third. I'm gonna add the third. Why? Because I like to. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> ten. I'm gonna go ten innings. Those are both great guesses. Uh, coach gets it for close. It's eighteen. Oh wow! What? It was, it was a ni- 1976 doubleheader, and it was the Texas Rangers, and it was Toby Hara playing shortstop. So this was early in his career before, before he moved to third. third base. And uh, he, yeah, went through both games without touching the ball. How once. is that possible? Unbelievable! That is unbelievable. Ooh, you and your Rangers, one. Peter. That's right. So I, yeah, I actually have an interesting Toby Hara story if you guys like to hear yes, it. Yes, I would. I, I always like Toby Hara. Okay. So uh, Toby Hara, the scout that found Toby Hara was a man named. Cavs won. They did? did they? Yeah. 113, 112. Nice. Yeah, nice. 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 Wow. That was, um, that was the live reaction. I like that. Okay. Tony Luckadello. Well done. I kept wanting to say Tony Luckadoo, and I'm like, no, that's my friend from <laughs> high school. Uh, and and so he went to sign Toby Hara out of high school, and Toby Hara said, well, what about my buddy? Oh, really? And so Tony Luckadello, yeah, he's like, I don't want to sign unless you sign my buddy also. And so he, he signed them both, and then the you know sent him to spring training, and the club's like, what the hell is this other guy doing here? <laughs> <laughs> he goes... Toby Hare is a great player, a and I had to sign his buddy. So he's like, just cut him. So that's what they so did. They brought him in, and then they cut him. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a great story. Yeah. And Luckadello was he, – he he signed like 50 major leaguers. He was a scout for like 40 years. I read this book about him when I was in graduate school, and that's how I know this story. Uh, and he had this this system – to teach kids how to field and it was they had a concrete wall but he put a little ramp at the bottom yeah. of it 
so that when you're throwing the ball there, it's always going to go off in a different way. Oh, nice. And that's, yeah. And he, he wrote a little book about it. And then, um, his life ended in suicide. Good times. Oh, oh man. Peter, Again. you didn't have to put that in there. Uh, he, he was the first scout inducted into the Hall of Fame. Tony Luccadello. Yeah. And the book I read was called uh, Prophet of the Sandlots by Mark Weingartner. If you I am going to. Okay. So that's my Toby Harris story. I love that he has this buddy in high school and he's like, what about my buddy? Okay. Sounds good. You're a ranger. <laughs> I... I I think, uh, Coach, you know, if someone came to sign you, I don't think you're saying, what about Pete? No. Sign a right right fielder. (laughs) What about Tall Sean? He'll test you. He'll test you. All right. That was a fun trivia uh, segment. Trivia. I'm going to have to tighten it up a little bit. That Toby Harris stuff went on a little too long. Maybe we can get Toby Harris on the show to talk about who his buddy was. I think that's it. Okay. Let's effort effort that. We're efforting. (laughs) Yes. Excellent. Hey, I love Maestro, you have some final thoughts music? Ooh. Final thoughts. I'm pretty low on the songs. Find something in that catalog of yours. I can play this without hacking it. Don't Ooh. hack it. What are you, Al Jarreau? That's not even a good Getty <laughs> Lee, really. I apologize. Oh, that's why I didn't yeah, know a little bit rush. of rush bringing us into final thoughts. All right, how about right. Uh, your final thought, there, Coach? Okay, so watching the basketball game tonight, and coupled with uh, listening to some kids, I uh, was at work today, and some of the kids in my class and they were talking about the basketball games and their favorite players. And I, I made a comment, an old man comment, like it was way different. It was better, you know, back in the Lakers and the Celtics, the playoffs meant something. It was exciting. And he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, this is the greatest era of all time. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I made some disparaging remark about Steph Curry and, and all that. So when I got home and I was thinking about my final remarks, I'm like, well, so I, I need to watch what I keep talking about. So I pulled up a game on YouTube and watched probably about two quarters of a Celtics Lakers game from 86. And wow, what a different type of basketball. It is completely different. Uh, first of all, they, they move the ball in the post. Every, the whole game is centered around getting it yeah. to the big guy. Mm-hmm. That's it. They swing it around the corner and they get it to the big guy and they all stand around and watch him try to make a basket compared to what they it's do like now. like Robert Paris and versus Kareem. Yeah, it's like, it was Bill Walton Ooh. in this one. So it was Bill Walton and Kareem. And then the other thing is in that whole game, they shot 14. I did the stats. I found the game. 14 total three-pointers. 14 total between they the shot. Between the two teams? They only, between yeah. the two teams, they made six. In the first half of the, the game tonight, Cavs Toronto, they shot 31. Yeah. So it, the game is completely, it's just, it's completely changed. But I have to say, I, I really did enjoy it. It was way physical. They let way more go. I mean, like they were absolutely knocking each other down. And the refs were like, I didn't see that. Like, come on, bird, get back up. You're okay. Cooper just bumped you. You're going to be fine. 
And uh, it was was fun. Get up, Mikhail. Nobody likes you, Kevin. But no, I I enjoyed it compared because I was actually watching it and watching the other game almost at the same time. So it was it was it was kind of cool. Uh, recently, I looked at some old Bill Lambeer plays, and I mean, I wanted to see oh. like is he as dirty as I remember him? And I'm like, oh no, more so. Yeah, it's like WWE with him for sure. All right, that's a good final thought. How about you, Maestro? Uh, my final thought actually has to go back to the NFL. Um, and it's, uh, I read, I read an article about kickoffs that they, uh, are definitely on the, the chopping block. And I was just curious what you guys thought of that, if the kick, the kickoffs going away. I know they don't really mean much in the NFL, but it is like, I think it's going to be strange without the kickoffs. Well, I mean, my biggest point is that they've moved the actual yeah. kickoff now so far up what to 35 that every every kicker yeah. worth his salt is yeah. it, it's it's a it's a touchback almost every time so, I mean, right now it's it's a meaningless play you're the kickoff return artist doesn't exist anymore if you're special teams and you return it has to happen on a punt so to me either move it back to the way it was which they never will because of the concussion protocol which I'm fine with or do what they're that's saying a, they're going to do and why they moved it say up goodbye. because of concussions yeah, because on that play, on the particular kickoff, the uh, and I believe there's research on it that the 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 fact of of injury and and concussions is yeah, those guys, the percentages go way up, way up. Because it's like two cars, they're, they're, it's like a, a they're collision. flying. Yeah, and, and it's not always just the guys that you see on the initial collision, but on the on the the. the the guys that run the sidelines that come down, they they collide all the time. So I'd I mean, hate there's to see a lot it go. of I do think it's on. one of the more exciting plays in football, especially when there's a big return. But I wonder if there's a way way they can do it and, and still they, make it safe for the, the headset. I mean, true, and I do. I, I used to love the return, but it seems like they've pacified it so much that now it's just it's. I wonder if they could do something. It more they like have to. They do. start in the center and they they just kick it. <laughs> Or like but they're all and, like they're almost like in a they're like they're in a scrum. They just and give them the, the ball and they say run. How they 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 kick yeah. it. They throw oh, the ball up towards the, scrum. the one like whoever's kicking off is kind of it goes the other direction and those guys have to kind of run back and get it and turn around and I don't know more of Coach, a onside check, kick every time maybe. Check my uh, understanding. Okay, what's this play called when you have two deep guys and I I catch it, right? And then I start to run, but I stop and I throw sort of a backwards pass across the field to you. Oh, the lateral, the the lateral pass. Is it called the hook and ladder? Is it called a Spock? I think it's called the Spock play. Yeah, where they basically stop and then they basically throw it almost horizontally directly back over to the other. So they basically starts to run up the sideline. He stops and he throws backwards to the other guy. Yeah. But you you don't know that to be called a Spock. I don't know the terminology. I, I know the okay. what the play is, but I don't know if it's called Spock. I'll have to dig into that. I, for some reason, have that in my head. I, it occurs to me that might just be something Donnie Bechayen called it while we played football in his front yard when I was nine. <laughs> it could have been. Okay. Well, my final thought uh, is also about the NFL. It's about the NFL draft. You guys know I live tweeted the whole first round, so I watched I the whole thing. Uh I also have been given to understand that amongst our listeners is Roger Goodell and just nobody likes you, Roger Goodell. 
<laughs> the sole the sole reason why I think people are going to attend the draft is so that they can boo you when you're on stage. Now I get it that that you're commissioner and you want to announce some of the the big picks, but don't do the welcome. Hire a comedian to do the welcome. Have just minimize the amount of time you're on stage because nobody likes you and and every time you open your mouth, people dislike you even more. They boo louder. <laughs> and I like it. I liked it when they would bring out like special guests to announce the pick. Yeah. Like, I'm like, just do that every time. We don't need we don't need to see Roger Goodell at all. Peter I, Br- Peter Brown. I agree. So much. A thousand percent. So salty. I like it. For sure. So that's my final thought. Now, it might it might seem like I was a little over the top tonight, but I just want to remind you that there's you poop, on, poop. poop is on my foot at the moment. <laughs> and I have I somehow neglected to plug my microphone in. So you stepped in a Goodell. Nice job. I sure did. You sure, sure did. There's poop on my foot. <laughs> Spread all over the carpet. There's poop. On my foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stinky poo. And no microphone. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was awesome. Uh, anybody have anything else we need to cover tonight? I don't think so. I think we're going to, oh, we might break the 60 minute. That's right. We're just about there. And uh, of course, we have a 20 minute interview to drop in as well. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, no. So nice. All right, everybody. Pat your David Blatt bobbleheads on the head and head to bed because Sports Wednesday is done. Maestro. <laughs> oh, I just I just played a song. Hello? I know you did. I know you did. But like we, we need we need it. We, we need just, it, we need to play us out. The, the man standing in his in his own dog's feces. Let's play him out. Sports Wednesday is produced by Blue Monkey Communications and features basketball legend Matt Longley, the maestro Brian Hake, and me, Pete Brown. Some music and sound effects from today's show came from the websites audionautics.com and freesound.org. Visit sportswednesday.com for complete attribution. You can follow us on Twitter at Sport Wednesday, that's Sport with no S, Wednesday, and on Instagram at Sports Wednesday. For more information about the board game Hoopsters, visit hoopsters.store, drop your email address in, and we'll keep you in the loop. Until next Wednesday, and on behalf of basketball legend Matt Longley and the maestro Brian Hake, I'm Pete Brown, the big man on campus, saying good times, everybody. Good times. <laughs>